0: Well, just to let people know where we are with sermons and that sort of thing, as uh, Young said, we finished up Galatians last week. Uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're having some one-off sermons, and then, of course, we're into what we'll be speaking on at Christmas, and then we're going to go into our usual psalms over the summer as well, so that's where we are. So this is a bit of an occasional uh, a sermon for us as we turn to Joshua. But I want to begin by asking a question, and the question is, how do you go with change, How are you when big things in your life take a turn in another direction? Well, going back about 10 years ago, I was at a time of big change. This was when I was leaving this church. I was here as a student. I was moving to be minister at Grenfell. And somehow during that time, I ended up doing one of those psychological surveys that track your health based on how much change is happening in your life. I don't know if you've ever seen them. And uh, this one said that you are at, at health risk if you score around 300. My score, around 600. Why was that? Because everything was changing. See, if we look back to that time, this is when Allison and I were getting ready for my church, first church placement as minister. Uh, our first child, Anouk, was just born then. Uh, Allison wasn't returning back to her old job. There were goodbyes to friends and family and this church here in Sydney, and there were a whole lot of unknowns ahead. Now, I don't put too much stock into these surveys, by the way. Okay, that's not my doctor or anything like that. Uh, But it makes a point for us, doesn't it, that times of big change really impact us. Times of big change really affect us in many ways. And that's where our church is right now. We are in a time of change. Uh, Matthew has just finished up. We don't know exactly what is in store going into the future. We don't know exactly what God's plans are for us. We're in a time of change. So what should we do as a church then? How should we as a church approach uh, change like this? And more importantly, well, what might God have to say to us at a time like this? Well, there's actually a story in the Bible about change in leadership among God's people. And I believe it's very helpful for us today. And that's why uh, I chose this passage from Joshua chapter 1. As the book opens, Moses has just died. Okay, and let's remember that Moses had been the significant leader of God's people for 40 years. As part of God's great plan, he was the one who led them out of slavery in Egypt. He had been with them in the desert. And now they're on the border of the promised land. They're about to go in. Finally, he's not there. Things are changing for them. So God speaks to their new leader, Joshua, and he reveals great truths about himself and about his people. He reminds them of wonderful things. That's what we're going to reflect on today. And the first thing that we see here is that God's promises remain. God's promises remain. The passage begins with God speaking to Joshua. And if you're looking on in your Bible, I'll have. You can look there. I'll have most of it on the screen as well. But starting in the second half of verse 2, it says, Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. See, Moses may be dead here in this story, but it doesn't mean that God's plans are not going to continue. He promised a land to his people all the way back in Genesis 12 with Abraham. And then that promise carried all the way through the major figures and times of God's people. It was still on view there, very clearly, in the promises that came through Moses' time. And now God is coming true with what he said he would do. See, his promises do not just stop when there's a change of leadership. Things do not come to a halt as God works. God may have chosen to use Moses powerfully, but in the end, he was an obedient servant. The blessings that the people knew ultimately had come from the hand of God. And right now, we are feeling the impact of losing one of our leaders. We're thankful to have had many blessings under Matthew's ministry. And until we knew that he was leaving, we were looking forward to some very key things we were going to be sharing with him into the future, weren't we? But we need to remember that God's promises remain for us As well, I mean, let's think about some of the promises in Scripture that are there for God's people. The promise of salvation because of what Jesus has done—that He would He would die for us, that we have ongoing forgiveness, that we're cleansed by what Christ has done, we're made new in Him. That the hope of eternal life, being able to cast our burdens on the foot of Jesus, that He will finish the great work He has begun in us. That he will grow us as followers of Jesus. That he will do that. That nothing will ever be victorious over the church of God. The fruit of the spirit on us. And as Paul says in Philippians 4.19, And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God has an overwhelming supply of grace that he loves to pour out on his churches. Loves to pour it out on his people. His promises continue even when he moves his active and fruitful leaders from uh, church to church or to other ministries. We've been very privileged to have had Matthew leading us for nearly 11 years, but let's remember as well that it's God himself who has always been the promise maker and the promise keeper according to his goodness and grace. But as we keep reading... We also learn here that it's uh, not just God's promises that remain. We see that God himself remains with his people too. God remains with his people. Have a look at verse 5 with me, please. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And this promise of God to Joshua, that actually comes up over and over again across the Bible, said in different ways to different people. Uh, When we hit Hebrews, I think it's chapter 13, it's, it's quoted there, meant to be lived out in the lives of believers, but of course we only have to listen to Jesus himself in Matthew 28. Those great words at the end, that great commission where he says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And these are the things we are working on doing here at this church. But notice what he says then, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That is a great promise for us today. No matter which leader may be present in the life of God's people, or even if a certain leader is absent, God will never abandon us. God is saying to Joshua here, my presence did not go when Moses died. And in a sense, that's true for us as well. God has been with us here in the history of this church. God is with us now as we keep moving ahead, and he will be with us as we move into the future. It's interesting to watch my kids and their cousins when they spend time together And my daughter, Anouk, for example, she loves to spend time uh, with one of her cousins who's about the same age. And so when extended family come over for a visit, the two girls right away, they just run off together. And, uh, you know, whatever one does, so does the other. So they play the same games. They do the same crafts. They read the same books. They watch the same TV shows. And because they both love guinea pigs, they groom them together, you know. And when it comes time for a meal... They always sit next to each other, and in fact, they sit so close together, they are practically on each other's laps. You know, you just can't separate them. It's sort of like that with God and his people, if I can say it that way. He's just right there all of the time. You know, he's, it's like that beautiful picture in Psalm 73. Yet I am always with you. You hold me by my right hand. God didn't forsake his people when Moses died and when they journeyed into an unknown land. And Jesus will never forsake his church. No matter what changes any church will face. He is so close to us right now that he is dwelling in us by his spirit. Okay, And as people of God, then that means that we are never left alone. Ultimately, we are never left alone. And so if I can summarize what we learn about God here, we see he's the promise-making, the grace-filled, the gift-giving, always-present leader of his people. There's a whole lot packed into Joshua here, isn't it? God himself stays at the helm for the constant good of his people. Jesus will remain the head of the church, and we're reminded then of great things about God, aren't we, in a passage like this? But we also learn some things about ourselves. I mean, what are we to do now to put the very practical question in there for us? Well, there's another remaining in this passage. We need to remain under God's word. We see here as well that we need to remain under God's word. So uh, let me read verses 6 to 8 for us. Be strong and courageous. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. And then the bit that's on the screen as well. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful." We see here that the new leader for these people, Joshua, is to have his ministry built on the word of God. And the word law, as it's used here, it basically means all of the instruction from God up to that point. So Joshua is to be sure that he meditates on the word, that he doesn't deviate from it, that he will keep it fresh in his mind and it will come off his lips, that he will obey it. The word is to be central for Joshua in his leadership of the people. And that means by extension that all of the people need to be living this way as they go forward during this time of change. And I love how Psalm 1 captures this too. Again, speaking uh, to all believers. It says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law. He meditates day and night. That's what we're called to do. We're called to meditate on the word of God, which here means to fill ourselves with the truth and words of God in his scripture. That's what Epic Presbyterian Church needs to do. We need to be continue to be directed by the word of God. The First time I traveled overseas over 20 years ago now, uh, I ended up in Hong Kong for a day uh, for a stopover. Now, myself and the friend I was staying with, or sorry, traveling with, uh, we didn't know Chinese. We didn't know anything about the place at all. And all we knew was that another friend of mine, who was originally from Hong Kong, he said, "Well, look, if you're just trying to kill a big day in between two flights, go to Ocean Park. Go to this tourist spot, you know." And so, oops, where did the picture go? Oh, I had a. There you go, Ocean Park. There you go. See? And we we left the airport. Uh, we walked out into a very busy and confusing city. Uh, I tried to ask a taxi driver for directions. He didn't speak English, but he was very interested in my money, um, wanted to definitely get us on board. We, we knew better. Uh, we eventually found ourselves on a bus. We had no idea if we were going to the right place. Happened to be a couple of other Caucasians on the bus. We said, okay, well, ask them, are we, are we heading to Ocean Park? Well, they were German. They couldn't help us at all. Uh, we had no idea what was happening at all. Uh, thankfully, somehow, I still don't know how it happened, we got to our destination. We did get lost again later in the day, but that's, that's another story. But that is not a good way to live, is it? <laughs> to, to be bumbling around without any clear directions. No clear voice to, to guide you. And God doesn't want his people to live that way either. It's one of the reasons why he gives us his word to guide us on his path clearly on the destination that he, t- towards the destination he has for us, to live his way. So what do we do? Well, we must be sure here we have to saturate every ministry with what God says. As we make decisions for the future, we have to be sure it's in line with what the Bible says. We have to make sure that what we do here on a Sunday service is based around the word. And, you know, again, looking back and reflecting, that's something that I so appreciated about Matthew's ministry. That's what he did. He helped saturate us in God's truth and never in a way that he was saying, hey, look at me. He never once did that. But his preaching was more in the flavor of, hey, look, let's look at what God says here. Have you heard what God says? Let's be encouraged and transformed by God's truth and by God's gospel. That's what he did. And so in this next phase of life for this church, well, that's what we have to keep doing. We need to keep going to God for his truth and his wisdom. Because, you know, there really is no other place we can turn. No other place. Just like what Peter says to Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. There's nowhere else for us to turn. So as these original people of God, here in the book of Joshua, as they gathered on the edge of the promised land, they were reminded that God's promises still stand. And that God Himself will be with them. They were reminded that they need to move ahead, saturated in God's truth. And finally, there was one more command for them, and it's an attitude of heart that we can have as well. And we see it in that phrase that was uh, repeated a few times. And you probably already know what it is before I I change the screen. It's where it says, "Be strong and courageous." Be strong and courageous. Look at verse nine, with me, please. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is what God says to Joshua as they get ready to go into battle, to go into unknown territory and claim God's promises. He says to them, Be strong and courageous. But as we think about this, I want us to notice something here. This is not just a command to stay strong. Look carefully at how our passage ends. It says, to not be terrified or discouraged. Why? Because God is with his people. See, the words, be strong and courageous, they don't stand alone. They come after the great truths that we've already seen, that God keeps his promises and that he never abandons his people. And so this time of change, it's more than just you know, gritting our teeth and buckling down to work hard and to fill the gaps. Okay? It's not about us doing okay because we've always been a strong church and we can do it on our own no matter what happens. It is not about our track record at all. As we move into new territory, let's be strong because God is strong. As we seek to go forward and do God's work, let's be courageous because God is working through us as these people of the Old Testament faced unknowns ahead, here's what God was saying to them. I remain the same. I will not back down from my promises. I will never leave you. So trust in me and listen to me and get to know me in what I've revealed to you. And with all of this in mind, you can be strong and courageous. Friends here at Epping, please be hopeful. Please be encouraged because this is our truth too. Joshua's God is our God, so in him we can be strong and courageous. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you so much for these words that you've recorded for us in your Bible, these words that you spoke to Joshua many thousands of years ago, Lord. We thank you that they ring true for us as we, we take this and see what they might mean for our life and time and church right now too. Father, be with us in this time of change, and please help us to be completely hopeful because of who you are, what you have promised, what you've done, and what you will do among us. Lord, please help us to not be discouraged. Uh, Lord, please help us to uh, be strong in your strength, to be courageous because we are living in line with what you have promised you will do. And so, Lord, be with us now in this time in many ways father thank you for your great love towards this church over so many years thank you that, that your great love and enabling is with us now and we know that you are a god who remains constant and you will keep pouring out your blessings and grace and enabling and equipping on us as well thank you that we are your people that you never leave or abandon or forsake anyone who is yours father thank you for that great hope and we commit not only this day Put our time forward in this new phase of life into your great and loving and gracious hands. In Jesus' name, amen.